0: Very early on in my career, I checked all the boxes. I was managing this huge partnership. I had the beautiful sports car. I had the beautiful apartment. I was taking amazing trips with friends and there was still just this emptiness. Welcome to the Self Starter
1: Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, And every week, I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. Let's go. Let's face it, dating is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Today's guest, Molly Godfrey, has mastered the art of dating and helps high-achieving women in their 30s find love. She shares how she broke away from a successful family business to pursue a nomadic life traveling the world, how she found her niche, and how she grew her company by leveraging the power of content. Oh, and did I mention she was featured on the Today Show? You'll definitely want to swipe right for this one. Molly, I've really been looking forward to this conversation on so many levels, but I'm really just fascinated with the fact that you've been able to make a career helping women finding love. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
0: So excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. For those who may not know you, will you just give us a little behind the scenes look into who you are and
0: what you do as a dating coach? Sure. So I am a full-time dating and relationship coach and content creator for high-achieving women in their 30s. So a typical day in the life looks like either running a group program, creating content for a course, or teaching my one-on-one clients. So I help women to move from really stuck, frustrated, single to in their dream relationships and being supported by amazing partners and traveling and experiencing all the joy that comes with finding love.
1: I love that. But your story didn't start there. You, from what I understood from my research, actually came from a family that was very successful in the financial services world. So how did you go from being in a family with a family business to then moving and transitioning into helping women find love, essentially?
0: Yes, it was a really interesting plot twist that my life took. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My mom started a business when I was five or six. So she runs a very successful RIA firm, helping women, helping women and men invest their money in upstate New York. And from as early as I can remember, the path was go to business school, get training in another company, come work for us. My sister has worked for the business as well. So it's very expected that I would come do that. And for the most part, I I thought that was my vision too. So I got the degree, worked in corporate finance, and about three years in I started to realize I don't think this is my life's work so it was a really tough navigating of like what is my truth what does my family want what am I good at what am I really here to do so there were a few pivotal events that led to my ultimate exploration of what I do now but it definitely hasn't been a linear or predictable path by any means
1: I can't even imagine how it must feel to break away from something that you think that you should be doing to really really chasing something that you're truly passionate about. What was it like having to basically break the news to your family that wasn't something that was really in line with maybe what you wanted anymore?
0: It was really tough. There were some hard feelings for a while and, you know, some reflection on everyone's part. My relationship with my family now is is really repaired, really beautiful. My mom, she, she was like, "You know, we probably would have fought a lot. It probably would have been really hard." So, she's since taken on her own team of the- advisors and it works really well and her company has grown and is doing great. You know, more and more she's come to understand that I'm a digital nomad. I write about my life on the internet and I help women with their dating lives. It's definitely been a journey, but there's definitely generational beliefs and desires and ways that, you know, those that came before us live their lives versus how we live our lives. So it's been an interesting experience coming closer to understand each other.
1: Absolutely. I know I'm um, even the generation prior to our parents. that's the generation that would go to one company and really retire there essentially. Our parents not so much, but they're still not to where we are today where we are bouncing around. We are digital nomads. We are able to fly south from the winter. I know you and I were just talking about how you're about to move down to Miami for the winter. So, we have a lot more flexibility I think in the way that we work than what previous generations have had. And,
0: and I think it's been really eye-opening that like, oh, you you can just live somewhere else for a little while. You can travel and work from anywhere. So I think it's been expansive for everyone to both live this reality and see what else is possible.
1: Now, obviously you've made the change. You're no longer with that family business, but everything that I was able to see online about you, it looked like you were living the dream. You were making really great money, you were in a wonderful home, you were driving a fancy car, you had a fun social life with your friends. So really, what was that aha moment that you just really realized that this really wasn't for you?
0: I get this question a lot. It's, It was really an exploration of, okay, I checked all the boxes. I think growing up, you know, get the trophies, have the good college application, have the good resume. Very early on in my career, I checked all the boxes. I was managing this huge partnership. I had the beautiful sports car. I had the beautiful apartment. I was taking amazing trips with friends. And there was still just this emptiness of like, oh, actually those things don't make us happy. They can give us freedom. And certainly I did live a very comfortable, exciting life. But when I really slowed down and got honest, when I when I wasn't in the office, and I had time to myself, I was like, Oh, wait a minute, is this actually what I want to be doing? And that voice just kept getting louder and louder and louder. It just started to have me ask these questions. I'm like, what is it that I want to do? Do I want to be helping other people make more money for the rest of my life? Is that my path? So it, it was a confronting period. It was almost over five years ago now. I left that job in 2017.
1: Wow. So you were obviously having all these thoughts. What ultimately drove you into being a dating and relationship coach? Well,
0: they're related. So all that working and chasing of things, there was this real disconnect from my own, you know, desire, my own femininity, my own sensuality. And I really, really struggled in dating. I had a hard time connecting with men. I had a hard time making time to date. There was so much fear. And it was the one part of my life that I wasn't successful at. So there was just so much fear of rejection and fear of failing that I just avoided it and would work all the time. And all my coworkers were partnered, married, my friends from college more and more were getting married. I was going to all their weddings. It was just this very shameful part of my life that I could not figure out despite having everything else it really became an exploration. I started my coaching training before I left my corporate job. So I was I was about three months into a six-month coaching training program. And I started to realize, oh, this is what's been missing, this ability to really connect with others, this ability to really understand the opposite gender, this ability to really be in touch with my body and my desires. So it really was an exploration of why I couldn't figure out my own dating life and the shame that came with that.
1: So you obviously were in this six month coaching program while you were in transition of potentially getting out of the family business, but what brought you to coaching when you have so many other different options that are out there?
0: Yeah, it was actually a friend. So my friend from college connected me with this other woman also in Los Angeles at the time who was a life coach. I was like, "What? what is life coaching? Like I had, I was very immersed in the corporate career path and she, you know, was always going to these workshops and these trainings. She had total freedom of lifestyle. And she invited me to come to this training. And in that moment, I was like, Oh, this is the work that I need to be doing. Like this is what is missing. So it was actually another coach who gave me permission to explore this career path.
1: Wow. So niching down is a huge topic in today's world, especially when you're starting your business to be able to really concentrate on a specific group. And obviously, you mentioned that the dating aspect of your life was something that was missing. But why did you decide I should say to concentrate on that specific niche at the end of the day?
0: Yeah, another good question. A lot of the training that I had done was very very broad in a way, like, you know, how to communicate, how to connect, how to connect to your body, masculine, feminine dynamics. You know, once I started there, I ended up in a lot of other mindfulness communities, teaching myself different somatic tools. So it was really a decision of like, okay, I've got all these tools that I know help women communicate better. I know help women connect to their desire. Mm -hmm. I know help women, you know, be present and really be able to have clarity and confidence in how they express themselves. So I packaged it and I was like, you know, I I think this is going to help women in their dating lives. And being in New York City, having made that move cross country, New York City is one of the hardest cities to date in. So there was a really big need for it. And I knew the tools and training I had done and gone through. And also my my own dating life had wildly improved. And I was like, Oh, I think I can help women do this too.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's a few different benefits of working with you and how you help women it sounded like you help with their self awareness you had a topic on men mastery and dating by design and also confidence with clarity so how did you break it down to those three different pillars
0: yeah, through working with initial clients, I was like, okay, I can start to build out a framework, I can start to take them through a process that will get them this result, a healthier, more connected, fulfilling relationship. And I did, I started to see the women I were coaching, they were meeting higher quality men, they were, you know, feeling really expressed in their relationships, they're having fun dating. So my framework is three prongs. So a lot of it is yeah, being able to communicate with men, being able to understand how to show up in relationship with them, how to to communicate in a way that has them want to show up and serve our desires. A lot of it is confidence and permission in our desires and confidence and clarity in our, in our life vision and our values, what it is that we want. And then the last piece is acceptance, acceptance of the decisions we've made, acceptance and forgiveness of the baggage we might have. And with that confidently communicating, like this is what I'm looking for moving forward. So Mm -hmm. there's a three prong approach that I take with women.
1: I like that. And you said something really interesting about giving yourself permission. I think probably if I had to guess that as women giving ourselves permission to want something or to feel a certain way is maybe one of the hardest parts that you need to overcome first in order to really have the lasting results.
0: Totally. Totally. I was speaking to someone yesterday about, especially as high achieving women, we're sold like two different different outcomes of our life. You know, we either are a career woman and we're the cool aunt and we just work, nonstop and we don't have a relationship, or we're the mom and we move to the suburbs. It's very black and white. It's like you can actually have an amazing career, an amazing partner that supports your dreams and your goals, but if you don't give yourself permission for that and break out of the conditioning that we're so ingrained into, it's going to be really hard to create that. Absolutely.
1: I know from personal experiences, I've made a few transitions in my career over the course of the last 10, 15 plus years at this point, because I would get into a specific role. And I would always look at the women at the top and I would really evaluate the type of life that they had and the amount of kind of quote unquote success. Obviously we all define that differently, but a lot of the women, their whole world was work and there was no outside life. Their baby was their job and that's fine. But I knew that that wasn't the life that I wanted. So I really respect women that have gone out on their own, like you have, who have made a conscious effort to be able to say like, I want it all and I can have it all. And I'm giving myself permission at the end of the day to have it all because society, like you said, it is kind of black and white. You either are successful in the corporate world or you're successful in the mother world, but we can be successful at both.
0: Totally. It takes some courage. A new belief is possible and to give yourself permission.
1: Now you've worked with quite a few women at this point, and it looks like going back to the niche, it looks like a lot of them are in their thirties. What in all of your conversation is really the biggest trend that you're seeing across all of the women that you, that you do work with?
0: It's a good question. There's a few, I would say what's really coming up with the women I'm coaching now is they're incredibly successful. They're either CEOs of a really fast growing, fast paced company, they're traveling every single week to other events, they're pitching themselves to big investors, or they're managing huge partnerships, and they're responsible for a big teams. So they have a lot on their plate, they have very, very full lives, and they're looking for a partner to be supportive and take some of the burden off and like really enhance and contribute to their life versus making dating feel like just another thing on their to-do list. But I've seen in the last five or six weeks, it's just these very impressive, incredibly highly accomplished women come into my world. And they're like, how do I date in the midst of this? So there's a lot of that currently. But also just, again, working with this core belief, like I, I'm not going to be able to find someone on my level, I'm going to have to settle, or I'm going to have to date someone that I'm not really happy with. So working with the mindset of, no, there are high achieving men out there, there are higher, high achieving, accomplished men out there that want to be in a power couple and really want to make your career advance even faster and support you to have all your dreams. So Both settling and like, how do I find time for dating? So really working with both of those pieces, you know, both make the space for dating and work with the mindset that is blocking that person from coming in.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of inner work is done in in your sessions with your clients, but once they are able to get a grasp on how they're feeling and work through some of those maybe limiting beliefs and challenges that they're going through, how do they then go and find the men? Are you recommending specific dating apps or giving them challenges, to work through as far as getting out there?
0: It's actually a 50-50 split. 50% meet online, 50% meet in person. So I encourage them to check out other communities. That's how my partner and I met. We met in a creator community actually for LinkedIn. But I have a very famous client, Case Study. She met her partner at a country club, golfing. She really wanted to learn golf. I have another client that her friend set her up with her coworker and now they're in a running club together. So finding communities is a really great way, but you would be surprised to speak to your point. Once you do the inner work, I also have clients just go out, take themselves out to eat and get asked, like, can I have your number? Just get asked out when we're in alignment, when our thoughts and our beliefs and our body and the way that we're showing up to our life is in flow. It's actually, that's like the easy part. Like I don't do a ton with, you know, dating techniques and dating apps. It's a lot of the inner work. And then I'm always amazed when they're like, Molly, I met someone and I'm like, amazing. Great. Love how that worked out. I love that. And
1: so you mentioned your partner and I know that you mentioned a few minutes ago that obviously you were struggling in the dating world as well. That was one facet of your life that wasn't complete at that point. So Tell me how you were able to finally get into alignment and, and meet him.
0: It's a wild story. So I had dated someone while I was in coaching training and that was a really expansive experience to practice all the tools that I was learning in coaching. You know, it really open my heart to a man. We ultimately chose different paths. So he moved back to the West Coast after I moved to New York. So I took some time being single, helping other women find love. Then kind of happened unexpectedly, but I was about to leave to travel for a year. And two days after I left to travel, this woman that I had met in this LinkedIn community, actually how you and I know Allie, Allie was in that community as well. She was like, I think you should meet my friend Dan, good old fashioned setup, put us on an email. So we actually virtually dated while I was traveling and then decided to start traveling together. We've actually both live in New York. I had just thought to travel, but I'll be honest. I use all the tools that I teach my clients in my own relationship, in my own dating life, everything that I did to you know, set up our relationship, communicate our vision, express my desires are all things that I teach my clients and I can say it worked. So we'll have been together a year next month about to move in together in Miami. So I am a testament that thank you. Using these tools has led to the desired outcome in my life. You're your
1: own walking testimony. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's really interesting too, because obviously it sounds like the two of you have really built a relationship around traveling together. So probably I'm assuming when you were at your financial services job, you probably weren't able to have that type of freedom in your work. Is that safe to assume?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I definitely almost a hundred percent with confidence say I would not have the same lifestyle freedom I, I have now being an entrepreneur. I think it would I don't know if I would have been able to be fully remote, but there would have been an in-person responsibility, I have no doubt. So yeah, and he's an entrepreneur himself. So the fact that we can both just pick up and leave and have a two-city lifestyle is very much a testament to entrepreneurship and the lifestyle freedom that it brings with it.
1: Yeah, it definitely brings a lot of lifestyle freedom, but I'm sure there's also some potential struggles that you face with entrepreneurship that maybe aren't as prevalent when you're in the kind of quote-unquote like corporate traditional path. So what kind of potential struggles do entrepreneurs like yourself face that maybe wasn't an issue when you're working in the corporate world?
0: There's high risk, high reward, you know, a lot of benefits that come along with it. But then, yeah, there are struggles. You know, I'm the face of the business. Thankfully, I have a team now. So I've got an amazing assistant who handles all my client onboarding and most of my emails and my systems. And then I've got a writer who does all my email campaigns and helps with a lot of content. But for a while, it was me I was doing all the marketing. I was doing all the coaching. I was doing all the delivery. Like I was responsible for everything. So mental health is a real thing for entrepreneurs. It can be a lot at times. And that's why I'm so grateful to have an amazing partner who does a lot of the cooking, you know, handles a lot of the travel logistics for us. So it takes things off my plate. But I will say there's a lot of responsibility. And, you know, there are days where I can just pick up and go to a yoga class during the day. And then there's also nights that I'm up working. So definitely benefits and drawbacks. But I will say, majority of the time, I'm grateful for the freedom that it's given me.
1: Yeah. And so now you have a team, which is an absolutely incredible, but obviously it didn't start out that way. How did you build your business to the point where you were able to take on a few different hires?
0: Yeah, no, it did not start out this way. Actually, it started out from blogging. I just started writing and blogging about, you know, my dating stories. At that point, I was going through a breakup and my business began from a blog. I had a few clients initially, but, you know, when you don't have a lot of clients, You don't have a lot to do. So I was just publishing two or three blog posts every single week and really lucky when you're consistent and dedicated, luck is in your favor. But I think November, December, January, February, March, April, about six months into full-time coaching and blogging, I actually had a blog post go viral, which was wild and really exciting. So all these people started coming to my website. I built out a quiz funnel and my business kind of took off. That was April, 2020, right during the pandemic. And then it really gave me the confidence to keep creating content, keep publishing. About six or so months after that, I started creating on LinkedIn, which is how I've built my amazing community now. And that's actually where I run my business. My business is all through LinkedIn. That's where I get the majority of my clients as well as referrals. And then the Today Show had reached out to me February of last year, and I got a huge feature and a big publication as well as some other media. So actually, content is how I grew my business. Content, blogging, and and LinkedIn.
1: Wow. That's an impressive story right Right there thank you <laughs> and to be on the today's show nonetheless how did that feel to be able to be featured
0: on that show Oh my gosh, that was wild. I had just hired a branding coach. So that was one of the investments I made. That was end of 2020. I just hired a branding coach. She helped me, you know, even get clear on my niche. Then, February around Valentine's Day, February of last year, an NBC correspondent just emailed me out of the blue and she was like, We found one of your blogs. Can we feature this for Valentine's Day? And I was like, What? It was a really cool 15 minutes of fame. Everyone from my life, my old high school teachers, old people I dated, Like everyone reached out. It was a really, really cool accomplishment for my career, for sure.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm just smiling ear to ear right now. That's the ultimate dream to be featured on something like that. What a huge accomplishment. Yeah,
0: thank you. It was (laughs) very cool.
1: Absolutely. Yes, definitely. You should be so proud of yourself. Now, so content obviously is key. What kind of tips do you have for someone that's just starting out in their business in regards to content creation?
0: The biggest piece of advice I would give is just like start creating. When I look back at my earliest content, I cringe. and I'm like, oh, I've come so far, but you just have to start somewhere. So I would say really understand your clients. If you're exploring a coaching path or a healing path or a mentorship path, there's something you have to offer. There's some skill that you have. So A, just get clear about like what's gotten you ahead. So for me, I learned communication skills and I learned how to connect with the opposite gender skills. So I started creating content on just very basic. Like these are some questions you can ask on a date. This is the old way of dating. This is the new way of dating. So I would recommend learning some basic copywriting. That would be number one. And then also just start, just start creating and then also just learn like who is your ideal client that you want to serve and what are they dealing with how can you start to create things so for me i just give away a ton of value in my content i'm always teaching people things and then i stay on people's radar and then i get linkedin messages you know at least once or twice a week like hey it's time to chat can we schedule a call so just starting understanding who it is that you want to help and also learning some basic copywriting will make a very big difference
1: And I'm also curious because obviously you started out with the blog and now a lot of the way that you're able to get business is through LinkedIn. How did you choose LinkedIn to be your place for recruitment?
0: Well, a lot of people have been saying to me as I was networking and building my business, like, Molly, if you work with corporate women or high achieving women, I feel like they'd be on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, you're right. But like, that's where all my old coworkers are and like people I went to college with. So I kind of resisted it. But then there was this he's now an influencer. His name's Justin Welsh. Again, that's that's how our our mutual connection Allie and I met, but he was just creating content on, you know, how to create content on LinkedIn and how to build a business on LinkedIn. And I just started seeing it pop up on my feed more and more and more. And finally I took his course. He had a $150, I think it's called the operating system course. And I took it. It was really effective. I ended up joining his community. That's why I met our mutual connection Allie. That's how I met the woman that set my partner and I up. So a lot happened because I took this course, but it just gave me the confidence to start. Are creating and have a community behind me. Really, I have to say it was guy's influential marketing, essentially, that led me to think that I could have a successful business on LinkedIn. And it's true. Some of my most dear clients have come from LinkedIn. People have literally met their partners and are probably going to get married to people because I started creating on LinkedIn. So it's been pretty cool.
1: That is really cool. And I think that's also a testament to be able to remind people to go where their audience is. And obviously you are attracting high successful and achieving women in their thirties. And many of them are on LinkedIn where maybe other businesses, they may need to go to a TikTok or an Instagram or Twitter based on where their niche really is. But I like that you've been able to figure out what's worked for you and being able to capitalize on that.
0: Yeah. You said it perfectly. Go where your audience and for me it made a ton of sense to be on LinkedIn.
1: Yes so content creation you're, you're constantly having to put new content out there I'm sure that it's not always easy to be able to come up with new ideas all the time so where would you turn to for inspiration to be able to keep things fresh and exciting for your readers? It's a great
0: question. Actually, I'm so grateful for my friends. My friends are always inspiring me to create new content. I had visited a friend in LA and she had just got engaged and she was sharing with me her engagement story. And I was like, oh my gosh, can I make this into a post? Made it into a post about how she met her partner. And I did not expect it. I posted it on like a Monday. It just took off. And if you go in the comments section, it's all about how everyone met their partner, how everyone almost gave up on dating. So my friends are a huge inspiration. My own relationship is a huge inspiration but there are times where I'm just like I don't know what to post this week I don't know what to write so I have like a running tab of old ideas I look at other creators for inspiration but I will say there are weeks where I'm certainly feeling more creative and then there's weeks where I hit a wall and I'm like oh my gosh I have to figure out something to post this week Mm -hmm. so
1: especially because consistency is truly key and I know on all social platforms, but LinkedIn specifically, for your case here, you do need to show up on a consistent cadence.
0: You definitely do. So my system is on Sundays. I try and sit down and just get everything done for the week. Sometimes I'll go back and like find a post that did well and I'll, you know, refigure it a little bit. So it's a newer idea. Yeah. Consistency is so key. Get a scheduler and just schedule posts so they go out, but also like take breaks when you need to. There's tools to take all the burden off of you, but showing up consistently really does Make a difference.
1: You've already given a lot of really great advice to people that would just be starting out their entrepreneurial journey. But if there's any other key takeaways that really come
0: top of mind to you, what would you say? I would say find a community. Like I would not be where I am today without other entrepreneurs having my back, supportive friends, find like-minded people around you. It's really hard to do this journey alone. There are going to be some real lows. There's going to be real moments that test you. So find people that have your back, have gone through what you've gone through. Also hire a coach. Like my business took off. I hired a mindset coach and joined a group program about how to join a coaching business. And those exponentially grew me. So hire a coach, find a mentor, get community, then just start. Like at the end of the day, you'll be so grateful that you just gave it a shot. There's a really famous Ted talk all about regret. And they interviewed people that had enormous failures. And they asked, like, do you regret trying? And I think 100% of the people said, no, I have no regrets trying. I'm glad I did it. I learned the lessons. So that's always what's motivating me to try a new course, to try a new offering, to put myself out there like you will regret not trying. So just start, find community, get a coach and, you know, expect the ups and the downs as part of the process, but it will grow you and you will get through it.
1: I love that because that at self-starter is really what we're all about. I think the hardest part is just getting started and the rest unfolds from there. Like you said, you'll never regret giving it a shot, but you will regret never doing it. So I think that's wonderful words of wisdom. And I really thank you for sharing that. Now, if someone would love to be able to learn more about how they can work with you, where would they be able to find you?
0: Yeah, you can actually just type in successfullove.com. That's my company. That's my brand. I've got a checklist to take yourself through to evaluate, you know, why are you still single? Why are you stuck? I've got a workshop that I teach weekly and then a group program starting after the top of the year. So tons of resources there. My whole blog is there. I'm very active, as we've talked about on LinkedIn. So feel free to add me there. There's tons of content out there that can be supportive wherever part of the journey you find yourself in. Dating, dating stuck in single mindset or, you know, in a new relationship and trying to navigate that communication too.
1: I love what you're doing. You're helping so many women reframe their way of thinking and feel really empowered to embrace their own femininity, like you were mentioning, and then also really just helping to shape their lives and help them get desired results that they're looking for. So thank you so much for not only what you're doing, but also for taking the time to be on today's podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. Megan. Gosh, it's so inspiring what Molly has been able to create for her life in a relatively short amount of time by leveraging the power of niching down and content creation. With lots of consistency and dedication mixed with the fact that her programs work, she was able to go viral and be featured on one of the biggest shows in America. How cool is that? So what can you take away from Molly's story? You can have the best business in the world, but if no one knows about it, then nothing will happen. You need to get yourself out there and create content. Learn some basic copywriting, understand who your ideal customer is and what they're going through, and just get started. So, all right, self-starter, are you ready to swipe right for your dreams? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com. And remember, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. See you next time.